good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. At our top story today, preparing financially to buy a car this holiday season. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Ray McGrath is an automobile enthusiast. Ray, great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Oh, glad to be back with you again, Jeff. It looks like you just came in from the... Uh, the autom- automobile shop that you have in your uh, house. You know what? Uh, I, I do most of my video work in the cellar where it's not the warmest. And this is, uh, I find it very comfortable on these uh, late fall days. Yeah, well, we're going to call you Ray the Mountain Man McGrath. Ray. Yeah, uh, Lumberjack. It's like, it, Lumberjack Ray. Um, in all seriousness, Ray, it's always great to see you. We're coming up on the holiday season. Um, a lot of people going out shopping. Uh, Black Friday was just last week. Uh, a car may be on people's agenda in terms of a, a big ticket item. But, but Ray, there's a lot that goes into planning if you're going to buy a new vehicle this holiday season. Most definitely. I mean, Jeff, um, you know, the market has changed from last year where uh, more so the dealers were in command last year. This year, the consumers, it's a little bit more in their favor. Um, inventory is up. Supply chain has sort of rectified itself to some degree. So we're not seeing the market adjustments that we saw last year. But uh, at the same time, I think, um, you know, it's always good to be prepared before you go into any negotiations with a dealer, because if they can sense any upper hand, they'll take advantage of it. Because really, they're in it to kind of maximize their potential or their, their profit. And for the consumer, it's good to do your homework in advance, you know, and know what, what you're looking for and what it should cost and, you know, what it costs to insure it. There's a host, host of issues. Yeah, we're going to get into the second, but just real quick. Do you remember the, the Cosby show when uh, Dr. Huxtable went in to buy a car and he purposely went and dressed down? He was wearing jeans. He didn't look like a doctor. And then at the end of this, at the end of the segment, someone knocks on the door to one of his patients and he said, Dr. Huxtable, and it totally blew his negotiation. Anyway. Uh, Ray, let's let's talk about the planning part because uh, that, as you said, that's really important. So you probably want to figure out what brand of car you want and what model, but you also want to figure out where this all aligns in your budget, Ray. Exactly, because you know I think the worst thing you can go in and say is say something to the effect, "I'm looking to spend three hundred dollars a month." So then the dealer's gonna they'll structure a they can structure a loan that'll go out eight years, nine years, and sure there'll be three hundred a month, but you know, you might be upside down, meaning you owe more on the car than it's worth in, in a year. So uh I think it's good to know um you know how much you can afford and then how much the car should cost or the MSRP, and then kind of work backwards from there. Not going in saying I want a four hundred dollar a month car or a three hundred dollar a month car. Because they can make that fit their parameters, but you want something that'll work fit your parameters and you know what won't break your budget, so to speak. Yeah, and, and Ray, I mean, we look at credit card debt through the roof, uh, interest rates, double digits for some of these credit cards. You want to be very careful when taking on a, 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 you know additional debt, and uh, interest rates are probably going to be higher if you take a, a, a loan, a, a financial loan, an automobile loan. Um, mm-hmm. Ray, uh, a lot of dealers are offering incentives and, and I mean, you turn on the TV, if you still watch land-based, you know, cable TV, I don't, but some people do, uh, you see a lot of ads for dealers offering this incentive or that incentive. How important is that? And, and is that really to your point that they're really just trying, it's all about volume for a car dealership. It's trying to get the car out the door, 
new models are coming in um, December, January, February into the next year. They want to move their existing inventory. Yeah, all true points, Jeff. And and I think also think of it as, you know, you're also buying a car that's a 2023 model year. If the new model year is coming out or might may already be out, that car's worth even less because it's a 2023 now. So you got to think, you know, from your point of view, I mean, you're buying a car that may be nine months old and, and the new model could have a host of new features, look a little different. So, I mean, there's definitely a trade-off, but there's a cost to that. Even when you want to sell the car in four or five or whenever years, I mean, you know, what would you rather have, a 2010 or a 2011 car? Probably people would say, well, that, those are all pretty old cars, so maybe it's, yeah. but you know well, what maybe I'm it, it depends if it was in 2010 or 2011. Right. I, you know, I can. I guess I can kind of see... For me, if the car didn't change much, meaning, right. you know, maybe they did a little, they always do like a little um, aesthetic things, make the, right. the, the, the grill different. But if the car didn't change much, I might be willing to buy or lease a current year versus an, a, a newer year. So that right. doesn't bother me. The car has a higher MSRP, things like that. But, yeah, I but, mean, to me, at the end of the day, a car's a depreciable asset, Ray. It's the minute you drive that thing off the lot, it's worth right. less than when you bought it. So you don't want to, I, I guess, for unless you're buying a super sports car like, you know, you drive like an Aston Martin or Ferrari, you know, those cars may appreciate, Ray, but generally cars don't. Right. No, I, you know, and, and the other thing is, I mean, the dealership model, I mean, Tesla's, so, for example, is testing the dealership model by really not having traditional car dealers. Hyundai's now announced they're looking to possibly list on Amazon. So, I mean, the environment's changing. I mean, really, dealers are there to should be there to service your car, not to try and sell you undercoating and pinstriping and additional warranties. I mean, a lot or their version of financing. That's another point. I know we could talk about financing a little bit later, but I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there. So I, I think it's best to keep your cards to yourself. Yeah. You know what you can afford and, and, let, and let the deal kind of work itself out. And and don't even talk about trade-ins and things like that. So all, all good yeah. things to keep in mind yeah there's no erisa for um for for card car dealers uh ray last question before we go to a commercial break the one thing we didn't talk about yet car insurance those prices are soaring if you're going to buy a new car you know hyundai kia they seem to be they're great brands but they seem to be maybe a little bit higher on on the theft uh list a lot of thieves have been going after those cars recently that plus repair costs really going through the roof when it comes to car insurance, you want to explore that. Right, listen, insurance companies, they're, they're not idiots. I mean, they know what it costs to fix a car, how long, maybe if, if a Hyundai, if it has to stay in the shop for three months while parts come from Korea, I mean, they're paying them for your rental car and all this other stuff while, while you're waiting to get your car fixed. So they factor all that in. An electric car, you know, you damage the battery, that could be $12,000. So electric cars typically have higher insurance rates as well. So there's there's just a host of issues. And I know it's easy to say, oh, do your homework, but you really should do your homework as best you can, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ray, as I said, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about buying that car during the holiday season. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. 
This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Ray McGrath, an automobile enthusiast. Ray, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two. Yeah, I had telemarketers at the door, but I decided to stay. Well, I appreciate that. Well, they were telemarketers when they be calling you rather than no, they were trying to me. sell me something i think uh, do people do people still sell stuff door to door i mean uh, I, I think they still canvas for votes during you know the, the elections but I, I, I get college students selling knives and people to talk to me about religion so that's about it yeah okay yeah uh no cars yet um ray no let's cars. let's uh let's talk about how important the warranty is um you talked about knowing about upkeep the hit to your budget but what about the maintenance on a, uh, a vehicle? Maintenance can be expensive. And I know it, I personally don't feel you should ignore it. So, uh, but then the dealership, I mean, the, the, I guess you have to go in knowing how long do you see yourself in this car or keeping the car? Do you want to buy a five-year policy? Because maybe the car only comes with three-year, 36,000 miles. I mean, when it's new is the best time to ex extend the warranty. But at the same time, uh, we the manufacturer's warranty is always the best because you can go to any dealer and the dealer know the manufacturer will get paid. But if you're if you're getting your insurance from BRN Insurance, who knows <laughs> if they'll be in business a year from now? Yeah, you're right. We're not an insurance company, but I hope BRN will be in business, but not as an insurance company. Uh, Ray, let's talk about that important decision, buy versus lease. A lot of Americans are leasing now. Uh, there's a, a big secondary market. We've talked about that with you. How do you get make that decision, especially considering the double digit or the interest rate rise that we're seeing? Where you know the automobile loans through the roof, the Fed raised rates over the last couple of years. It's really had an impact on on personal and automobile loans. Yeah, I mean, obviously leasing um, can be the least stressful because you you know at the end of three years you kind of move into a newer vehicle and and that's always kind of has a good feeling, but it's sometimes you could say, well, I'm going to have a lease payment forever, you know? So, so I know folks that like to buy and then hold on to the car. Ideally, they always say it's good to buy and then drive the car into the ground. I don't know what the ground looks like. Is it 10 years down the road? But um, there's, there's definitely upfront costs. And here in, I'm in New Jersey, if you can't tell by my accent, but um, <laughs> when you lease a car in New Jersey, you have to pay the entire sales tax of a new vehicle into your lease payment. So the state's getting paid. And then when they when you sell the car in New Jersey, the next person pays the sales tax again. That's another story. 
But um, obviously, leasing has its benefits. Usually, you lease for the period and you're covered by warranty. So I think it makes it, if you can afford it, it it's a great way, uh, a stress-free way to own a car, but it, it typically comes at a cost. Owning, you're right, Jeff. I mean, there's a big down payment. I mean, look, if a car is $50,000, you know, it's not too long ago, $50,000 was a mortgage, you know? So these are big numbers now to have to kind of factor into your lifestyle for, for seven, eight, seven years is the average now, right? I think for yeah. new car loans. So. And, and Ray, uh, just to your point, forty dollars or $50,000, that's a baseline car now. I mean, you think about inflation. And again, when I first started driving in 1988, the price of gas was like 80 cents. Again, when you factor in inflation, it's probably around where it is today. But the price of a car, the average car, the median car is around $38,000, $40,000. That's a lot of money. That's probably your second biggest expense outside of your rent or your mortgage. Right. And because you're not, you don't own the car completely, you have to have, which is probably good to have, but you probably have to have, you have to have full coverage insurance, which is even more expensive than just say bare bones insurance, you know? So there's an additional or higher insurance cost as well. So I think, you know, you have to uh, add up all the parts and say, Hey, can I afford, you know, $800 a month for five years, you know, and, you know, hopefully you see your human capital or your career, you know, being able to sustain that, but you know, there are trade-offs, but at the same time, people, sometimes need reliable transportation. The dealer says, if you have no money, no, just sign here and it's all yours. But it's really not that easy because you have, I don't, I don't want to equate it to marriage, but you have to live with, with the deal you make, you know? So. You do. You, know, you do. I mean, you got to live with the deal you make. Uh, Ray, um, last question. Let's talk a little bit about the credit score. Um, your credit score, not your Ray's credit score, but the credit score in general has an impact on the type of interest rate you're going to get. So if you have very good credit, right, you're going to have a better interest rate than someone who might who has moderate or middle level credit. And that's why I always think it's best to try and get it before you even go to the dealership. See if you can get a loan from your bank or credit union on your own and what the rate would be there and how much they will be willing to lend. Because unfortunately, or fortunately for dealers, I mean, they they can get you a loan, but it's usually to their advantage and, and at a higher rate. So, and, and don't let the dealer know right off the bat, hey, I want to borrow or do this, you know, or borrow, you know, use your your financing. If you can get your private financing, at least you know what you qualify there, it makes things easier. Yeah. And you're more educated. And, and to our joke, a little quip before, I think before the commercial break, there is no ERISA, which is the uh, legislation or the regulation that governs and retirement plans, right? I mean, it goes back to Studebaker. We've talked about it on this network numerous, numerous times. You've got to be the advocate for yourself as a consumer. So how do you become a better advocate, Ray? It's being armed with all the information you're talking about, keeping things close to the vets. Look, these people aren't your friends, but they're going to try to emotionalize and, uh -huh. and, and be friendly to you because that's how you make a sale. They're salespersons. No, I mean, it's a business. Think down and simple, you know. And ERISA was nineteen seventy four. Gerald Ford, not Studebaker, but uh, no, no, Studebaker was uh, the was the pension plan that went under that kind of precipitated right. the uh, the passage of ERISA in nineteen seventy four. Anyway, um, Ray, I think we're going to leave it there. Next week, uh, next time you come on, we're going to talk about your uh, your axe uh, wood cutting skills. Uh -huh. Does that work for you? Yeah, the sharper the blade, the easier it is to split the wood as long as it's been seasoned. <laughs> Ray McGrath, always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the program again 
very soon. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great day and enjoy the holidays. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Post. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another great edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.